Assalamu alaikum, welcome to episode 46 of the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. If you're a regular, then Jazakallah khair for tuning back in and welcome to the latest episode. And if you're a new listener, then where have you been? Welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. This is a podcast all about halal investing, personal finance and entrepreneurship. And it's run by myself, Mohsin, and my partner, Ibrahim. And we together run islamicfinanceguru.com. So if you enjoy this podcast, then you'll probably enjoy the content that's on our website too. So definitely check that out, subscribe to our emails and get more and more useful content, inshallah. Today's episode is all about how I... Um, making around 50%, possibly more returns, which is quite phenomenal, alhamdulillah. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because I want to help you guys prosper. And the way that I am making these returns is through investing in small businesses, not just investing in them as a kind of silent stakeholder, but actually you know, acquiring them, buying them, taking them under my ownership and being responsible for the running of them. Today I want to introduce you to the world of small business buying, how you can look for them, what to look out for, what it's all about, why it's so attractive and why you should be thinking about going for the purchase of a small business. It's not going to be a completely comprehensive episode, this is literally just an intro episode, there's so much to say about this topic that I've learned over the last, well, primarily the last six to eight months, but really this has been uh, a work in progress for me for about two to three years now. So I've got a lot to share with you, and this is really just an introductory episode. So what is small business buying all about then? So one of the things that I was really surprised about when I looked into this world was how attractive the prices are and at first I thought that this was maybe some sort of con maybe I wasn't looking at things right but no things really are quite attractive in this world and it kind of makes sense so if you think about the investment spectrum as a whole you know where can you put your money so let's say you've got 50 grand knocking about as an example you know many of you won't have 50 grand that's absolutely fine but I'm just using that as a round figure so let's say you've got 50 grand and you're thinking about where to put it. You've got a few options. You've got property is the first one that comes to mind. You've got the stock market, which is a fairly easy thing that comes to mind. You've also got alternative things like investing in gold, silver and other precious metals. You've got other alternative investments like crypto and all that sort of stuff. And the way to think about small businesses is another place to park your money it's another investment class and when we think about the prices of all those investment classes that i've just talked about the reason that they vary the way the market dictates what prices it gives to different investment classes is based on many many things but really simplistically we can say that they the prices are based on what you get as a return and part of that thinking is, well, how easy or difficult is it to get that return in terms of my involvement? So let's go back to the examples that I gave. So the stock market is really easy. You literally just invest your money into that particular share or that particular fund and you just see the price go up or down. You don't do anything for it. 
nobody's asking you to wake up at 3 a.m. and do you know a cross-country run in order for the price to go up. That's not how share investing works. So that's really passive on, on the grand scale of things, probably one of the most passive types of investment that you can actually get, which is you know fantastic. Then you've got things like property, which I suppose that depends whether it's passive or active, depending on how you're investing in the property. So if you're investing in property through a fund on the stock market, then obviously that's quite passive. But if you're investing in property through actually you know, scouring the streets around you and buying a property that isn't even on the on the market because you've managed to secure it off market and then you're going to be responsible for the upkeep you're going to be responsible for dealing with the tenant etc etc then yes you can expect probably a better return than if you had just bought you know property via the stock market or you'd just given it to a property manager to manage you know you would get better returns by doing it yourself but of course your involvement is higher and that's the point that I'm really getting to here, that the more your involvement increases and the more your work increases in terms of what you have to do to look after that investment, then your return increases as well. And it's the same thing for small businesses because running a small business needs work, running any business needs work. And that's the reason that small businesses tend to be priced really attractively. And that's why I was attracted to it in the first place. Depending on the sort of business you buy and the sort of circumstances that you're in, you may or may not be able to commit the time that you need to a small business. But I'm going to talk about how you can look for small businesses that don't actually need that much effort but are still very attractively priced. But as a general blanket statement, the prices in this arena are very attractive because people perceive it to be an area where you have to put in a lot of effort in order to run a business and that's only partially true so we're going to talk about the opportunity that potentially lies here but let me give you a bit more background as to my experience in in this market so the context to this is that after we had our, our boys, my wife, who used to be a teacher, never went back to work because having children is a full-time job, as many of you parents will know. And I, I'm going through my, my corporate law career, which it, it wasn't feasible for me for me to quit and for my wife to go back, and it was feasible for her to quit and for me to stay at work. So she, she looks after the boys on, on a day-to-day -day basis, and she didn't really want to go back to work after a certain amount of time spent at home. And I had discussed with her many years ago about starting up her own thing that she could run from home. But I think for, for one reason or another, that never really took off. And so I started exploring buying a business, a ready-made business that she could take over and run that would be profitable from day one without us having to worry about a the startup costs but more importantly b the time that you expend in actually getting a company off the ground even if it's quite straightforward you know if you're if you're selling i don't know doors then in theory it's quite straightforward you buy the doors you put a markup and you and you sell them and you make some money but actually thinking about everything that goes around that you know who do you get as your supplier what sort of doors are you actually going to sell to the public? 
what's your website going to look like? How are you going to market it? How are you going to get traction? How are you going to get customers to trust you? What are you going to do if there's a problem, etc., etc., etc. So starting a business off the ground is not straightforward at all. And I don't think my wife was really up for it in any event. And so I started looking at buying a small business. And I must have looked, honestly, for about two years, casually, um, but then a bit more seriously, uh, kind of at the back end of last year and the beginning of this year. And the reason that that was the case was because it, it would mean that if we found the right sort of business, my wife could do it from home whilst she was still looking after the kids and she would then be able to get an income from that. So that was the theory. And the reality was obviously a lot more difficult because as you scour these listings and as you try and seek out small businesses to buy, you see lots on the market, but a lot of it is not very good. And I was in the fortunate position of, especially because of my, my corporate career, to be able to actually understand a lot of these businesses and what they were about. And because I think of my experience in investing in the stock market and so on, I had the basic kind of understanding that you need in order to be able to understand the finances of a business and whether a business is healthy or not. But don't worry if, you, if you've not. That sort of stuff is very easily learned. And my plan in the future, inshallah, if there is enough demand, is to create some sort of resource that will help you to be able to analyse absolutely everything that you need. So don't worry too much about the specifics right now. So I was scouring these listings and seeing a lot of duds. Some were interesting, but not really practical for whatever reason, or they weren't really feasible for a financial perspective. And in around February or March this year, I can't remember when, maybe it was March or April, um, we came across a quite an interesting listing. And it was a guy who had built up a really interesting niche supplying GP practices. And the reason I liked it was because it wasn't something that you could easily replicate, even though I had had extensive conversations with this guy about who his suppliers were and what he was supplying and who he was supplying and so on. I still, even if I wanted to, I still couldn't replicate that business because he had built it up over the last 20 years through relationships and people trusted him and that was how he got his business. And so after a few conversations with him and some due diligence on my part, we decided to buy this small business off him and we agreed on a price eventually at around a two times multiple. So what that means is the net profit figure for the business, we agreed a price at two times that amount. So if you work that logic through, then if the business carries on as it is, then it should make me my money back within two years, i.e. a 50% return on my investment, which when you compare it to wider investments is quite phenomenal. And as I said earlier, that is obviously because you have to have some involvement in the business in order to get the return. It's not quite as easy as investing and sitting back. However, as I mentioned to you, not all businesses need really large amounts of hands-on work. So this business, for example, literally it's just a case of getting the orders in, which are fairly automatic in terms of how they come in. We don't go scouring them out. 
you package the order up and you send it out via courier, which is not really demanding from a time perspective whatsoever, which suits my wife down to the ground because she's got the kids running around doing, you know, silly things all day, as people would understand. And she doesn't have the time really to be full on kind of nine to five office hours running a business so this sort of thing suits her because she can track emails on her phone if an order comes in before a certain time then she can package it the same day and get it sent out and if it's after a certain time then she can do it in the evening once the kids have gone to sleep or something and it completely fits her lifestyle so that's the first thing to say really that you can completely tailor your business search according to whatever your lifestyle needs are. Maybe you're someone that can dedicate a complete nine to five office hours role to the business and therefore your search would be very, very different to uh, the search that me and my wife were conducting when we were looking for a business. So what you really need to bear in mind when you're searching for your business is what is your practical ability to be hands-on in the business if you need to be hands-off or, or at least as hands-off as you can be then you need to be you know quite smart about your searching because the majority of the businesses are not set up that way that's not usually how small business works small business is usually quite hands-on quite full-on and that's why you have owner operators who you know people who are the founders and the owners and they're the ones that are primarily the full-time employee in the business. That's how most small business works. But you do get the odd nugget, like the business that we bought, which, although it is owner-operator-led, it doesn't need full-time commitment from you. And if you can pick up those sorts of businesses and you've got, whether it's you or whether it's someone in your family, that can run it on a day-to-day -day basis then that's absolutely ideal because if the economics are right you could potentially pay them a wage um, you could get them set up in the business and that could be an investment whereby you're essentially a passive stakeholder obviously you you'd have much more access to the company than you would if you were investing in the stock market and you could direct strategy and you could feed in on lots of things but in essence you would employ someone or you'd have a partner or something that runs it and you would invest your money and even if for example let's say you agreed a two times multiple with someone to buy their business even if you ended up paying somebody so that that meant that your return was actually going to come back to you in say four years instead of two well, so what? Because if that means that you're passive in the business and you can get a 25% return per annum, then absolutely fantastic. And all of this, by the way, is not even taking into account the fact that once you get hold of the business and you get into the nooks and crannies, you can actually grow the business yourself. So instead of it then being a two times multiple, if you're growing the bottom line, if you're growing the profit figure from X to Y, then that multiple comes down. The time that it takes for you to get your investment back comes down. And then obviously, once you've got your investment back, that is essentially just free cash flow for you uh, in terms of your personal drawing down from that business. So it's a very, very attractive space to get into if you can find the right sort of thing. 
it's not easy finding the right sort of thing, however. So I'm just going to give a quick few tips on, on that whole side of the thing in terms of actually searching. How do, you, how do you search for these things? I used primarily some online resources. So if you just Google small businesses for sale or, or something similar, then you'll find a few hits. You'll find things like Dalton's business, you'll find WriteBiz, you'll find a bunch of others. There, there are plenty out there. There's no shortage of websites that are actually got these business businesses for sale. What is difficult, though, is going through the listings and sifting out a few things. So one thing that you'll come up against a lot are so-called starter websites. These are usually priced in the low thousands, even the hundreds potentially, and they are essentially just websites that have been set up by someone who has got expertise in this area and they are giving you a plug and play website for you to do a certain thing. So as an example, one I saw recently was uh, something to do with flights and holidays. So it, was, uh, it, it looks on the face of it quite attractive. But then when you actually click the listing, you understand that it's just a starter site. So it's a site that's ready to go, but it's had no marketing put into it. There's no traffic going to it. It's it's not a business, basically. It's the equivalent of me saying to you that, you know, here's the keys to this empty uh, shop of mine. Sorry, not empty, this furnished shop. Um, and it's it's fully kitted out. Everything's ready to go, but it's behind. It's on this back alley that nobody passes and nobody goes past. Na you know naturally, and it's up to you to drive all the people to this back alley to get into your shop. That's the equivalent. So watch out for those because they're they're no good really in my experience. It's just there's no point buying something like that because you might as well have invested that money yourself into building the website as long as it was cheaper um to, to do it that way so there's there's not really any point in in doing that the other things that you'll find are businesses where they might be making money and it might all look very good but you need to ask yourself how dependent is this business on either the location that it's in at the moment or the person that's running it at the moment so as an example if you see a small business for sale it's making I don't know, a hundred grand profit and it's run by an engineer or, or an architect who does these drawings for people, then if you're not an engineer or an architect or whatever specialism that that business is in, frankly, you, you can't take that business over because the minute you take it over, you're not going to be able to supply the product anymore. I know that sounds really basic, but when you're going through these listings, you will find some businesses that you're like, wow, this looks brilliant. And even the seller might be saying, you know, anyone can do this, but they would say that because they've got a vested interest in, in selling the business. So you just have to have your wits about you in terms of, do I have the skill set that I need to actually run this business one of the other key things that i found that you should look out for as well is price and price is obviously very critical to doing a deal or not typically what you'll find is that prices are listed usually on around a three to four times multiple of profit so if the business is making 20 grand they might list it at somewhere between 60 and 80 grand it might be less, it might be slightly more, it just depends on the type of business. Broadly speaking, the more hands-off a business is, the higher a multiple you can attract. So 
if I had a business that made 20 grand today and I said to you, I'm selling you this business for 100 grand, you might say, oh, but that's a five times multiple. And, you know, I heard that you can buy these businesses on a two times multiple. I would say back to you, yes, but my business is completely hands off. You don't need to put a minute's worth of work in it. Whereas something that you're buying on a two times multiple might be a lot more hands on. So there's no set price structure for these things. It is usually, I mean, obviously any price is dictated by the market, but particularly with small business, the multiple that you buy on is generally dictated by the quality of the business and the hands-off or hands-on nature of the business. You can get some, some bargains now and again, depending on if the circumstances are right. And I'll come on to talk to that in a second. But you should look out for price and you shouldn't be paying too much for the quality of business that you're buying. What you'll find is that when businesses are new on the market, they will list rather heavily in terms of their price. And these things are so difficult to sell, small businesses, that you'll find that if you just bookmark that listing and come back in about three months' time, then it's probably still not sold. And that's where the opportunity is. That's what I found. And that's what I continue to find. There are exceptions to that, of course. And you just have to play it on a case-by-case basis. But the broader picture here, and I'm coming back to the point now on, on price and negotiation, is that small businesses are a very, very difficult beast to sell because you have to understand the background, which is usually that it was a person or sometimes two people that decided to start something. It got it started doing well, it got big, probably a bit bigger than the people ever anticipated, and they never had the structures in place to make this a truly hands-off business. That's why small business owners usually are the people that are running the business as well. Whereas if you look at the big, big corporations, it's never the founders that are running it. And the key difference is that the structures you put in place in the early days dictate whether or not you can successfully come out of your business yourself. And with small businesses, as I said, they never usually expected to get that big. And by the time they've got that big, they're so crucial to the business that they can't exit the business themselves. They need to be hands-on in their business. So that makes it a very difficult thing to sell because if, if a business is reliant on you, the seller, then why would a buyer buy it? And that's for us as buyers to, to be able to figure out whether we truly can buy it. But as a general picture of the whole market, it's very difficult to sell a small business. And that means that when something lists, yes, they might have some initial interest. And that's why I'm saying to you not to show interest very early doors. It's always a good idea to, as I said, bookmark it, revisit it in a month, two months or three months, because that's where these guys will be starting to get a little bit itchy in terms of wanting to leave. Usually, sellers are on on the older side of the spectrum. Um, they've they've probably done this their whole life, or at least a significant portion of their life, and they want to sell the business more than more than actually just for the money, more to actually realize the value of what they've created. If you've built something up over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 
you don't just want to close it down. You want to do well by your customers, by your staff, if you've got staff, but also just a pride thing. I think you just want to realize some sort of cash value to the thing that you've created. So there's some sensitivity on, on the seller's side. And as a buyer, that is an opportunity because you can really take advantage of that, not in a bad way, but in a way that suits all parties and you know we can we can do a separate thing on on price and negotiation but one of the one of the tips that i've used is for example using the seller's position for them to finance your purchase so as an example if you're buying a business for 100 grand you can say look i can do 20 grand up front but i can't do the other 80 grand so can you finance this over the course of 3 years and I will pay you from the cash flow of the business the remaining £80,000. Now, that's quite interesting because that means you can, you're essentially leveraging in a halal way by asking the seller to defer some payments. And of course, it's not just deferring the payment. You get the benefit of the business in the meantime. So what you're actually doing is you're buying a business for twenty grand that's actually worth a hundred grand, and then you're using the profits from the business to pay down the hundred grand well the remaining 80 grand so there are lots of interesting structures that you can do when it comes to small business buying and because there is this flexibility of you having a direct conversation with the seller who is often in quite a desperate situation there are all sorts of innovative things that you can come up with anyway i've talked a lot and you'll see from or you'll hear rather from this episode that for me this is a really really exciting area i think there's lots of opportunity in it for the right sort of people and the right sort of opportunities and there's a lot to be said around this area as i said this is something that i do want to build out quite a lot of content on if there is sufficient demand so if you are interested in this space then please can you drop me a line to let me know that you found this podcast interesting or that you find this area interesting and in particular what sorts of things you want to know what sorts of resources or content that you would like on this area and inshallah if there is enough demand then this potentially could be a whole section on our website designed to help you guys on helping you to buy a small business so my email is mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com drop me a line if you're interested and i can't wait to hear from you assalamu alaikum warahmatullah